previously, previously on the Game On Podcast. I mean, it was, uh, you know, and then you had the place going the other way where we're all going to Melbourne. Yeah, no, it is quite incredible in that regard. And you then from uh, from Ardlethan uh, ended up at... Uh, the Farrah in the Farrah Football League playing playing yeah. with East Wagga and uh, yeah. won won the uh, Baz Medal. Love the title, love the name, the Baz Medal. Uh, the Baz Medal, man. Yes, actually, you wouldn't believe it. I won um, two things on the one day. I won the Baz Medal and I won a red billy card. <laughs> wow! <laughs> then that, a raffle. That, that's, that's a story in itself. <laughs> it is, man. It is. It was just a. I mean, I don't know what ever happened to the Red Billy car, though. <laughs> now, one thing, Greg, like now nowadays, you know, we have the draft, the kids start from bang 18, uh, that you actually, from there, ended up with at South Melbourne and earning the nickname the Bionic Man. We'll go on with that. But it was 23 before you made your debut. Sort of, was that just more yeah, the era I, of just I, getting discovered back then as much as anything? Well, no, not really, mate. I'd been down to Melbourne. I went down when I was, well, I think, 15. Okay. And, I mean, I played in a trial match, and you wouldn't believe who I played against, Peter Bedford. Like, he just won the Brownlow. So, yeah, I mean, fair opponent, yep. Yeah, you know, so you – and, I mean, then I uh, went down and, and uh, you know, I never stayed there, mate. I, I, like a bush kid, you were just yep. – wanted to go home. So, I mean, I just kept going home. I mean, there was one where I'd been down there and I did my hamstring and I had a bruise from the top of my bum to the bottom of my ankle. And, but it cost me $50 to fly back to Wagga. And I rang my old man up from Wagga and said, listen, you better come pick me up. He said, I'm not driving to Melbourne. I said, I'm not in Melbourne. I'm in Wagga. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete, once again, joined by Malcolm and uh, Greg, uh, experiencing what most of the youngsters are experiencing these days when it comes to the AFL and in a bit of homesickness. Yeah, Smithy was was an interesting chat and... uh, yeah, he's certainly been around the traps and around a few different places. And, of course, as we said, the he did say it was one of his highlights with Shelby holding aloft the Premiership Cup for the Dogs. And, uh, yeah, now top bloke. Look forward to catching up for catching up with him uh, reasonably soon, actually. Absolutely. And uh, Wagga Wagga actually has a rich breeding ground of Australian yes. rules footballers. Yep. So uh, oh, certainly from a so. very good uh, paddock, that's for sure. Oh, not, only cri- not only footy cricket, you've got uh, Jeff Lawson, Mike Slater, Mark Taylor from around that area. So, yeah, it's very much 
you know, Wayne Carey. It's a super, mm-hmm. super breeding ground. Well, we thank Greg for his time once again and uh, look forward to catching uh, catching up with him at some stage, obviously, during the SNFLW uh, uh, coming up and, and obviously the AFL, uh, SNFL finals. Definitely. Around the Grounds. Today, mate, we're going to have a, a bit of a talk about the basketball, some tennis, some cricket, but I think we've got to start off with the AFL, the hottest topic on everybody's lip, lips since uh, Saturday night, uh, Adelaide v Sydney and the goal that wasn't a goal. Oh, did something happen this <laughs> week, mate? Yeah, oh, look, it's been unbelievable, the reaction. I do remember there is a, a particular pretty well-known person in the footy traps, and he's... Uh, he did say that 90% of people on social media have no idea and, geez, this week certainly proved that it's roughly with that. And Yeah, it's been staggering. People, the reaction from Crow supporters, sorry, the goal umpire made a mistake. Now, it was a disgraceful error. Don't don't get me wrong there. Yep. And why he was so sure the ball hit the goal post. And well, that's what I was, was going to... quite bizarre. That's what I was going to go back to, you know... How did we get to this point? Um, obviously, Keys taking a shot on the boundary line, plays on to advantage. Ball seems to be spinning in the right direction. Two Sydney players on the line, one tapping the post. Uh, again, I actually rewatched the footage today. Another uh, Sydney player pointing at the post to say yeah. it had hit the post. Yeah. It's the biggest bluff of all time. But you're right. How does the umpire confidently call in that situation? Oh, I think he was so shocked that Keyes had actually kicked a ball remotely straight, mate. But, you know, if it was kicking Keyes, it should have gone out of on the full by 50 yards. So, <laughs> it was yeah. a bit of a mongrel ball, oh, though, I must yeah. admit. Um, but look, but the, the system failed. At the end of the day, we we have to say, look, human the, error, yes. But the ordinary. The irony is the system would have worked if he'd done really what he should have done and gone, geez, I'm not 100% sure, let's check. Yep. And if he'd done that, he would have said, oh, I thought it was a point. Well, no, it's actually overwhelming evidence that it's a goal. It's yep. changed. So the AFL actually are spewing because this was the chance that the system actually worked and the goal umpire stuffed that yep. up. Now it will be changed. It'll go that, the, that whoever's... You're up in the arc will have the power to overrule. Yep. That's going to come in. So uh, let's just talk about that briefly yep. for a minute. What, what I've heard a few things muted. Uh, obviously, the last two minutes they're saying in in every game will be taken out of the hands of the umpire, and all um, shots on goal, whether it be goal or point, will be reviewed. Uh, you agree with that? Oh. At the moment, every go people are going. Well, how come wasn't reviewed? No, every goal's reviewed. He gave it a point. Now the other people say, "Why didn't the field umpire come in and overrule?" No, the goal umpire is the sole judge of a score. And what what should have happened was the goal umpire go, "Hey, I'm not a hundred percent sure." Then the field umpire runs in and gives you know, yep. the signal for the square, same as cricket, basically mm-hmm. in that regard. And that's what should have happened. Yes, but as soon as he went, "No, I'm sure," you know, "Bang, I'm sure," it's hit the post. Now the field umpire has given you all clear. He can't run in and go to the goal umpire. Well, no, you've got to check. Mm-hmm. That's not his responsibility. Now, it would have been great courage for one of the field umpires to go against protocol, yep. put his own job on the line. If he'd done that, comes in and the ball had hit the post, he sacked himself. So, so you know. So let's look at a scenario where the, the umpire is 25 metres away or 15 yeah. to 20 metres away. Crowd is absolutely going 
bananas that, that that they've come from so far behind. Keys has kicked yep. a goal, and I'll yep. say that in inverted commas yep. as we're here speaking because yep. it wasn't a judge to goal at the time. Yep. Can that central umpire or that field umpire actually give the all clear to a boundary umpire when the crowd is going so, so coco bananas that he may not have heard it? The field umpire gives the all clear using his hands. Two hands he considers it's a goal. One hand he considers it's a point. Yep. Now that is a guide for the goal umpire. Right. Now most times the goal umpire follows that. Yep. In this, I actually don't know what the field umpire gave. I I, I haven't well, seen that. Whether he gave the two hands, or some one. some of the footage is inconclusive. Yeah, um, but it does seem that the umpire or central umpire in this occasion was further away than yeah. probably what they should have been. Maybe, but, but in that he's just got well, all clear your call. Yep, yep. Geez, hey, he's 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 adamant. Sit the post. It's call. Get on with the game. So then we go along the lines of Taylor Walker's come out. Uh, I do during want to, the week. No, no, I want to go back to one point yep. I got from last night from Mark Ducker. Yep. And Ducks is spot on. His dad, his dad, former state cricketer, league goal umpire, and John Ducker, pointed out the positioning, mm-hmm. how they've changed the positioning. In the old days, that person would have been on the other post seeing. If that's not a better position than where they're instructed now, yes. I'm, you know, I'm in another planet. So it's not only that, their positioning now coaching instruction mm-hmm. and all well, the um, what shits me out of it and I'm really alright on this field umpiring as well all the umpires say it privately that the positioning's not right but they won't stand as a group and unite and go well no that's not right let's change it I was always under the opinion that the angle of where Keys was and kicking from that he would have been on that far post because if it had gone across the face, he would have been in a better position to judge it. If it had cut across the front of the face, he's still in the best position yep. to be able to but judge also, it. But I'm not a goal umpire. No, so. but also, as Ducks pointed out last night, and he does watch our podcast, that you have a per, the boundary umpires used to be on each point post. Yes. Now, the boundary umpires would then say to the goal umpire, now nah, it's gone through, you know, Max, John, whatever. Yep. Now, nah, shit, it's but mine, mine, Max, it's, what, it's a point. So there was communication mm-hmm. where now they're not there. They're, they're in, they might as well be in the zoo, mm-hmm. some of their positioning. So this is an AFL run game. Yep. So we have, yes. to, we have to put some of the blame on them as far as training, yep. uh, as far as messaging between. Yep. But you've got an AFL that don't have a GM at the moment. Oh, and also you had the drama from last year, the Brisbane. The prelim the Brisbane, final, the, yep. Yeah, the Brisbane. Richmond. Um, Richmond and, yep. and the Lynch game. Wouldn't you have gone through, right, what's every potential situation? Okay, goal umpire is adamant at something. It's proven it's not. that mm-hmm. he's power- So what are we going to do about it? But no, yep. it's still not there. So in that regard, the AFL, McLaughlin, Gill, the whole lot, palpably guilty of incompetence. But... The, system, the current system they have in play would have worked if the goal umpire did the, what he's meant to have done. Yep. So where to from here? We did take, talk briefly uh, a minute ago about a potential two minutes uh, hits the, uh, the clock. Uh, they take over the, the, the potential for any of this to happen, I take think, it out of their hands a little bit. I think it'll go to how soccer is, what they call mm-hmm. the VAR. So the, there'll be a kick out. The person will review it up top. No, that's wrong. That past 20 seconds yep. is 
doesn't count, yes. we reset. You've, I think that's what will happen. You've led me into my next point, yeah. which was, do we get to a situation where Sydney were quite hot on getting the ball out as quickly as they possible? They were smart. But they knew that they only had 70 seconds to go. Yeah, but they did that deliberately. Correct. Once, once the kick-in is taken, you can't then review. Yes. Brisbane at that stage, uh, Sydney at that stage, if the ball hadn't been picked up, the goal umpire's given it a point, maybe there may have been a remonstration. the might have run in and said, hey, mm-hmm. I'm adamant that went through. Let's. Che- I strongly suggest you check. Oh shit! Okay, we'll check. So what, Sydney were actually smart. What is it with Sydney and posts? Because they've been yeah. climbing them, Dean they've been tapping, yeah, rampy, yeah. tapping them, yeah. um, and and you almost saw uh, Tom Hickey's face after the game. You know, sort of walking away from the umpires with the Cheshire grin going. Yeah. Geez, I think we yeah, got away. Escape with one. We've yeah. got one there. Uh, yeah. So. So they're the sort of the, the couple of options that have been thrown up at the moment. But the, the arc has been cobbled together with footage from a, a TV broadcast that just hasn't worked since 2009 with the Hawkins goal, non-goal It's been in, for, it's in, been in for 12 years. It still hasn't worked. The Carlton-Brisbane, the Carlton-Melbourne game the week before, yep. the Carlton guy didn't touch that. He just brilliantly bluffed the umpire and that. For mine, get rid of it altogether. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. I'm sorry. We've now got this me, me, me society. How dare I've been wrong? We all accept that umpire's decision and got yep. on with it years ago. Yep. There's no different from the umpire making a mistake than a player missing from two yards out. Yep. Adelaide kicked four seven in the la- four eight in the last quarter. Four were rushed though. Yeah. So yeah, I know, but right. they'd still they they had their chances. That, absolutely, and that's and, what it gets down to. Yeah, you know, I'll sit there too and say, control the controllables. Adelaide this year, their major stuff up for mine was not going to Darwin earlier. They stuffed that up. I'm sorry, I can't believe that Pedler was the sub, was the sub last week. Control the controllables. The goal umpire made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Some of the carry on was saying, "Oh, reverse the result." Hang on, are we going to reverse every result? Every result an umpire's made a mistake in. Yep. Oh, oh no, there was 71 seconds. 71 seconds is enough time to kick two goals, let alone one. Correct. In fact, there's probably been three goals kicked in 71 seconds. So, you know. Sydney didn't look like kicking a goal. No, I think that's, that's where. Still I, 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 I agree. There are things that you just can't um, uh, nail down, like the Dawson one with Port, uh, Collingwood. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, free kick. I wholly agree with that. But he's still got to kick the goal for them to win. Yeah, but also that one. Yeah, yes, he should have been a free kick. But are we going to review every other free kick in the game? Yeah. The reaction has been insane. Yeah. It's been embarrassing as a Crows supporter. Just ridiculous. I think it's a case of a, a lot of frustration yeah. being let out at a very at, at an at a year that has promised so much for Adelaide and has just not quite failed to deliver on the basis that they've lost a lot of close games by under a goal, essentially. But there, let's go back to how many of there but was their mistakes for losing those goals. Yep. I just think that... Learn, le- they'll learn from it, and it'll something that will sit in the belly, hopefully over the summer for the Crows. But yeah. uh, my last two points on this yep. one, and we'll, yep. we'll move, on. move we, on. We have yep. to We have to Definitely. Uh, Taylor Walker's come out sort of during the weekend and said, um, potentially the four umpires isn't working. We've talked about it extensively. Um, it's just interesting to hear a player's point of view on yeah, it. I think it was just smart by text just to say, well, everyone in footy is all saying the four umpires has been terrible. It's been a dismal failure. Hey, AFL, let's get rid of one of them. He didn't want to. He doesn't keep him going up scoring no, boxes. No. He just wants to get him off the ground. I couldn't agree with him more. Yeah. And the other one is obviously the human element to this, and and as much as we're all piling on, going the umpire made a, a, yeah. a bad decision. 
there's been a million bad decisions that exactly. have been made. Yes, this one was at a crucial point in the game, but I think Dawson probably put it perfectly and Nick's himself. This was all damage was done in the first couple of quarters exactly. and they should never have been in this position in the yeah. first place. If they were up by two or three goals and this happened, yeah, all right, there would have been a little bit of a rumbling how how the, uh, the, the arc hasn't worked and so on and so on, but it wouldn't be to the yeah, point that it is on. right now. Yeah. Exactly yeah, right. But it, to say the results should have been reversed and, I'm and, a, I'm and a, people a, saying Adelaide should now get two more first-round draft choices and absolute ver- diarrhoea stupidity. Mate, I was going to move on, but you've, oh. you've, you've lit me up again here. This particular result and this particular decision – it had a flow-on effect for other teams yes. as well uh, in Geelong and I believe Richmond, St Kilda, uh, Saint Kilda uh, Richmond as well. So, and obviously Sydney and GWS, and you know, so the ripple effect was huge when this potentially could have been one of the best finishes to the AFL season f- for a long, long time that I can remember, anyway. And probably <laughs> the irony that Western Bulldogs losing the next day, which. Adelaide needed to happen. You w- thought it was no chance. Yes. Um, cost me nine in the footy tipping comp, actually. <laughs> um, and that's so, uh, yeah, look, let's move on. Yeah, the ripple effect was just huge. Yeah. But you're right, um, two first-round draft picks, whoever's oh. mentioning that, I must admit I was probably half an hour after the game thinking that there would be some sort of legal challenge like most people. But a couple of days later, you sort of sit down and think about it logically. Um, I did hear um, uh, John Olsen from the Crows speak on uh, on the radio on Monday night about it. Uh, put forward a pretty logical case of, you know, there were 71 seconds to go. We can't do anything about that part of it. If there'd been under five seconds to go, you've probably got a little bit of a case to answer. But again, Let, let's just say, um, yeah. I'm involved in Adelaide Uni Footy Club, so it's not like I don't speak to lawyers every single day. And one of them, very high up, burst out laughing about potential legal He said straight out, there's no case whatsoever. Yeah, which is fair enough. All right, let's move on. Uh, Round 23 in the AFL, uh, Brisbane getting over the line against Collingwood. Yeah, as expected, really, because Collingwood, just so many out and all that. I I still think Collingwood are the team to beat, personally. They'd need to get the players back and and all that, but I still think they'll be around the mark. Richmond uh, sending off a couple of their greats in their last home game of the year against North Melbourne? 29 points? Probably, actually, in all honesty, it hasn't received as much publicity as it could, as it because of what happened in Adelaide, but what happened to uh, Cunningham from North Melbourne is terrible, and that probably is the worst thing to happen out of the weekend. Hold off on that. Uh, at, yep. till we finish this round yep. of the AFL. And I've got a couple of points there yep. to talk about yep. as well. Um, uh, Carlton just getting over the line against Gold Coast with four points. Yes, yeah. So, you know, Gold Coast uh, were in control of that game and me as a blue supporter going, oh, my God, this is not the ideal situation that you want. And they found a way to win and Charlie Kernow, uh I think he's going to uh, richly deserve the uh, the Coleman medal and, and has done it up forward and down back. Yeah, and as someone said earlier in the week, you judge you judge players when their team's not playing well, and he stood up and really got Carlton over the line. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Giants absolutely doing a number on Essendon by 126 points. That's yeah. just one of the worst losses of the year, really. It was 
I saw a bit of the game before because that was on at the Queen's Head before the Crows game, and yeah, it was yeah it was weird. Just um, yeah, Essendon were, Essendon were pitiful. Like Giants were good, but Essendon were abs. And they yeah. had everything to play oh. for as well at the end of the day. It was amazing that um, Essendon had everything to play for at the beginning of the round uh, to give themselves a chance of playing finals. Failed right from the get-go. Adelaide were in the same boat for half a game and, and the Bulldogs, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, Essendon's pressure was about, I've seen better efforts in an under-9s game on Saturday morning. Oh, fair call. Uh, St Kilda back on the winner's list against Geelong. Yeah, look, I, they're for me. They're the team Smokies. of the season. Yeah, but they're the team because I don't think that their list is that good. Yep. I think they've only got a couple of genuine A graders. And Ross Lyon, full credit to him, and, and the whole coaching panel. Um, look, I think some of the recruiting in the last couple of years, of which a certain Jay Gallagher was the one who put pushed for Wanganeen Malira, has turned out to be a gem, a very astute selection, yep. and. Matthias, look, you know, Matthias had a pretty good year. You know, let's not forget, he comes from under 18s. He didn't play a league game over here. Yep. He's a great kid, absolutely rat for the Filippo household, and yeah, be following Matthias in the final series big time. Absolutely, and uh, another South Australian that both teams would love to get back at some stage. Uh, we did talk about Adelaide and, and Sydney, obviously, Sydney by point. Yeah, move on. Move on. Um, the big shock of the weekend was. West Coast defeating the Bulldogs. Just terrible, the Bulldogs as well. And two, you thought it's been a contest. The Bulldogs have got two goals up at three-quarter time. They'll run They'll run away here and win by five. Mm-hmm. And then it just didn't happen. Yes. Um, yeah, I was went and watched the uh, South Adelaide Eagles under-18s game on Sunday because that was for top spot. And, yeah, following that game in the background, and we all went, jeez. A couple of experienced players back for West Coast certainly helped, but you're right. There's something not quite right at the Bulldogs yeah. at the moment, and I'm sure that if they do miss the finals, it's not going to be the worst thing for them because it'll probably create a, a pretty big review, and I know that Adelaide are looking at uh, one of their players as well and getting them over, so we'll see how that all pans out. Yeah. Melbourne doing the job against uh, Hawthorne? Yep, did what they had to do. Newcomb a late out for Hawthorne for mine. Um Changed that up a fair bit. You know, he had 40-odd touches the week before, and he's probably their premier midfielder. So they were still competitive again, though, Hawthorne. You know, Hawthorne's improvement from the start of mm. the year has been dramatic. So Yep. Yeah. And their last six or eight weeks oh, have been, been very, very, very good. So, And uh, Port Adelaide uh, doing what they needed to do against the Dockers. They sort of hung around a little bit at times, but Port looked like they were always in control. And, yeah, again... The uh, usual suspects ste- step up and Horn Francis Butters, the dynamic, Rosie. The dynamic three on yeah. the, you know, and as I've said, come September, fine weather, good luck against those three. I actually, if results happen this week, so if Brisbane beat St Kilda and then so Port play them in the first final up in Brisbane, I give Port a massive chance because I can see their midfield being too quick for mm-hmm. Brisbane. So, Absolutely. All right, and uh, obviously to finish out round 23, we had a new coach appointed up at the Gold Coast, which yeah, was no, se- no yeah. secret, but I'm a bit cynical. It seems like the AFL PR machine rolled out Monday morning going, we've got to get a different story on the front page, and, and that's what they did. But I think this one had it been in, in the works for a little no, no. while, but I, I Damien think- Hardwork uh, up, up at Gold Coast, I think that's a very good get for them. I think... 
I think the appointment had been in the pipeline from even before the season. So, you know, out of that, oh, look, and if you offered me any role, any coaching role, that is the plum appointment. Having seen their three academy kids they pick up who would, would have all three out of the top ten, you add to that to already Rao, Anderson, Miller, yes. et cetera, Walter will take the competition by storm next year. Yep. He is the best key position player. I'm rating him above both Kings before he got picked, you know, at the same time. Yep. Wow. Good luck. Good luck competing against that next year. You know, that's how high. And, you know, that game, sitting with the recruiters, some recruiters from other clubs, you know, from various clubs, and as Whale said, uh, don't worry about ne- don't worry about next year. He'd be in any team, so he'd be in any sides next week. Mm-hmm. So that's how impressive he was. A little bit like the Lee Matthews going up to Brisbane, uh, yeah, Premiership so. coach coming so. in to to help Gold, Gold Coast. Obviously, firstly achieve a final, yep. and then Roll very 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 pointed that he comes out and says, you know what, eighty percent of our Premiership side is in this room. He set the bar right from the get go, which is exactly what you want as a franchise, a new franchise. But I reckon that needs smart. success. Smart, and I think being honest is true. Yeah, you know, that's also it's not the Wawa. Mark, Steve, Wawa uh, chat and just talk it up. No, mm-hmm. that's how much ability is in that Gold Coast side. Yep. A uh, couple of retirements. Uh, Tommy Jonas. Oh. Yeah, it does get to this time of the year yep. and we do get a few that come along, but the, the one that stands out for us is Tommy Jonas um, saying that once the season's done for Port Adelaide, uh, I'm done and, and uh, he's hoping that it's obviously a grand final. Tommy Jonas. Now, this is a, it's a few weeks ago now, probably – Several months, actually. He may have been shopping at Foodland at Nord and he may have walked out and had workers in there chasing him. (laughs) He'd forgotten to (laughs) pay. And one of them may have been number 35 for Nord in Jack Hurd. So, yes, (laughs) I can say that it's very good mail that it did happen. (laughs) Well, maybe it is time to retire. (laughs) Retire. Great servant for the Port Adelaide Footy Club, obviously coming from Nord, so he's obviously oh, one that we we've kept an eye on. But and and disappointed that more, he's in the black and the white. But you know, his one per, one percenters at Port Adelaide make him a Port Adelaide legend. Really. And another one, his dad John may have bought a copy of my book uh, to give to Tommy for Christmas to remind him of his Nord roots. Ah, so fair, I fair thought call. that was great by John. Look, also. Massive credit to Tom Jonas because he didn't go through the traditional yes. bit. He actually ended up at um, Nord from Ross Trevor. Bass got him out from Ross Trevor uh, where he wasn't even playing. He was playing A's and B's a bit. So incredible that he's gone on to captain an mm. AFL side, play over 200 games, not massive praise for him. Timmy G, uh, we listen to him occasionally and he's yep. been on this podcast. He, he, he said that... He's about 201 percenters yeah. above any other Port Adelaide player, which makes him a, a Port Adelaide legend, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. And uh, gone on to be a very, very good club man. All right, mate, we're going to quickly whiz through this week's rounds. Round 24, Essendon v Collingwood. Uh, I'll go Collingwood. Collingwood for me as well. Uh, Hawthorne v Frio. I'll go Hawthorne. Hawthorne at the MCG for me yeah. as well. North Melbourne v Gold Coast. Uh, it is down, down in, in Tasmania. Tasmania. Yep. Uh, I'll still go Gold Coast. Yeah, I think Gold Coast as well. Uh, Brisbane v St Kilda. 
up there, I think that's the game of the round. I do give St Kilda a genuine chance, but you do have to tip Brisbane with their record up there. Absolutely, and uh, you wouldn't want to play them up there in the first week of the finals. Yeah. But like you said, Port Adelaide oh, could get first cool. crack at them and could do some damage. Geelong v the Bulldogs. Toss the coin. Both sides disappointing. G- GMHBA Stadium. That's good enough for me. I'll go to Cats. I think for me as well. Um, and this was a game that we were actually looking forward to to potentially shape it for one of those two teams. Now it's only up to the Bulldogs to yeah. win it. So yeah. you're right, Geelong for me, though. Uh, West Coast v the Crows. I'll go Adelaide. I think Even Ad- though the disappointment from last week, I still think I think they're just a better side. I'd, I'd be surprised. And they'll be looking to finish the year on a high, you know. Yeah, you obviously, so. Obviously they, uh, they get the trip over to the West. They were hoping that they were going to be in contention still, but... If not, they can still put a good foot forward for next year. Port Adelaide v Richmond, Adelaide Oval, 12pm on a Sunday, a little bit earlier. Yeah, I'll go Port. I think Port as well. Sydney v Melbourne at the SCG. This one's going to be a bit of yeah, a belter. That's, yeah, that's a good, potentially a very good game. I'll still, I'll still go Melbourne. And for me, Carlton v GWS. This is the game of the round for me. Yeah, uh, it is. It is at Marvel Stadium, 5.40. It's the last game of the round. See, the other hard one with that is it may not matter by that stage and it may already be automatic. So a little hard in that way, but I'll go the Blues. These are some of these ripple effects that we did talk about earlier. Unfortunately, it hasn't quite panned out the way we all thought. But anyway, that's the way it is. All right, we're going to take a very quick break. We'll come back with the uh, SNFL. We've got to talk about the World Cup. Um, we'll do some basketball and some cricket, and we'll go go on from there. Yep. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. And the SNFL, mate, uh, tipped a draw. Yes. <laughs> which... Which was unbelievable, but we actually got two for the first time, I believe, since 1958. Yeah, yeah. So we'll run through these games. Round 17. Uh, so Bill Drodge, I will give Bill, he's, he did message me early Sunday morning and said it's all you you and Pete's fault for that. So yeah, g'day, Bill. Well played. I uh, I pulled the curse on that one, but uh, we'll start off with uh, South Adelaide drawing with Port Adelaide, which uh, was an interesting game. South were a long way in front too. Um, yeah, it could be an important point. For Port, the end there. Um, yeah, South obviously probably from the position they were in, but yes. then a great comeback. So, yeah. Yep. Funny how these things work. Uh, North Adelaide uh, losing to Central's. North were up all day and Central's found a way to win. Yeah, good goal in the end too, the last goal uh, and that. Um, yeah, they've been fantastic the way Central's have really fought and clawed and just... They found a way to win. It, found a way to win, but they've almost, they've almost made, found a way to actually make every single game a contest. So, nah, full congratulations to the Dogs and, you know, Greg Edwards and Rossi and Paul Thomas. So, yeah. They're, um, they're my surprise packet for the yeah. year. I thought they might struggle a little bit, but, gee, it's amazing when you, you put your nose to the ground and work hard and make it a contest. Anything can happen. Yeah, no, they've been good, the dogs. Biggest surprise for the weekend for me, uh, Woodville West Torrens defeating Glenelg. Yeah, that was an upset in terms of you just would have thought a bit more to play for and all that, but it's that sort of thing does happen towards the end of the year. Teams with sort of just relax probably a bit more, have a bit more fun. Mm-hmm. 
as we know, how much has played above the ears, yeah. not quite as turned on, as tuned on as they should be the opposition. So, yeah. And it certainly seemed that way from uh, some of the highlights I've seen. But again, bad kicking costs a little bit, you know, 12 10 to 16 8. Uh, Woodville West Torrens certainly got the uh, the better of that one. Now, Nord were in control against West Adelaide most of the day, and West sort of found a way to get themselves back into it. And yeah, like you said, I got the message from you going, people are jumping up and down going, why, why did I tip it? But at the end of the day, yeah, it's what ended up happening. I've got to be honest, I've just received the email from where I used to work. I'm still in the tipping comp, and I won the tipping comp this week, and uh, it's quite amusing. Donald Blair's does a very amusing write-up each week, and yeah, it's quite funny. We might read a little bit of that out to out uh, later, you, you'll get a good laugh. Mate. All right. We might do that at the end of yes. when we do these tips yes. for the uh, final round. And obviously Adelaide uh, defeating Sturt, which was a – I did actually watch this one on, on the telecast. And Sturt were good, but Adelaide, again, just that little bit too strong, weren't they? Yeah, surprising really, though, because Adelaide have a fair, fair few injuries. So they're not playing – there's not a huge number-wise of, of uh, SNFL. So full credit to them – where you've got to give Adelaide their due and have a crack at every other club. Mm-hmm. I certainly include Nord in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top-up players, that how many of them should be at an SANFL club, club yep. at the moment? Like I'd say there's at least three or four would walk into the Nord side. So, yeah, I think well there. Adelaide uh, complimented their AFL-listed players. Their AFL-listed players looked like they got a ton of the ball and made some very, very good decision decisions. But again, Mickey Godden is... For the third week in a row, I can't fault him at the moment. Yeah, he no, exactly. has done a fantastic job in transferring these players from non-SNFL players into an SNFL program and then their AFL-listed players into an AFL program and not really skipped a beat. And it'll be interesting. So we get a chance to have a look at that on this weekend because, of course, they're playing Nord mm-hmm. and you know two more, Sloan and McAdam both out injured from the Crows' side. So another two there, because I don't think there's anyone else to come back. Yes. Um, you know, And Himmelberg out for the year. I thought Adelaide might fall away a bit without him. Yep. Strawn didn't play last week, so they were really down on talls. And, uh, yeah, so They're in a good off. position, absolutely. All right, we move on to the final round of the SNFL, round 18. Uh, Woodville West Torrens v West Adelaide. Yeah, I'll go Woodville West Torrens. I think Woodville West Torrens will finish off the year on a high, a couple of wins in a row, and uh, start rebuilding. Obviously, uh, Jay Sheedy, has uh, he's going to retire at the end of the year, his coaching, because of work commitments. So, very interesting there. All right, the Bulldogs v Port Adelaide. I'm going to go for the Dogs. I think the Dogs have got everything to play for, and it is out of Elizabeth. So, yeah, yeah I can't, can't say dogs. no, but... Again, we'll wait to see what happens with the AFL team, but you're right. Uh, the Bulldogs have put themselves in a good position to make finals this year, and they need this uh, more than anything at the moment, that's for sure. Glenelg v. the Panthers. I'll go Glenelg to rebound. Yeah, I think Glenelg got the kick in the pants they need just before the finals. Um, totally agree. Blockbuster game here. The Roosters v. Sturt. Yeah, out there. Um, At the Wembley of the North. Yes. Um I'll go Sturt. Toss a coin. Uh, it is a bit of a toss of the coin. For me, it's game of the round because there's so many ramifications uh, that play on this, obviously, for Sturt in the top couple and, and North Adelaide in making the finals as well. Uh, Nord v Adelaide at the parade. 
Adelaide's so many out. I'm I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Nord just hopefully finish the year. Um yeah. We'll leave it at that. No, Fickle, um the off season can't come yeah. quick enough. Uh give, give them an opportunity to reset and reload and, and go again and take stock of what's happened this year, not only on the field but off the field. But you're right, uh let's see the end of the round. But Looking at the ladder, Glenelg sitting top, Adelaide sitting second, Sturt sitting third, Port sitting fourth, Centrals in the uh, eight, in, in uh, the sorry, five. in the five yep. uh, as we speak. Um, but uh, North Adelaide are really the only team that can knock them out, hence the reason why the North Sturt game is import- just as important as the Port Centrals game as well. So Just your faux pas there. That actually reminded me of Wayne Phil- of Flipper's great line where Flipper said, uh, you know, when the Redbacks had finished bottom. What's your problem? I coached them into the eight. <laughs> there you go. Typical idiot flip. Well, Norder inside the, yeah. uh, the the top ten, so yeah. we're, we're going all right. All right. Uh, I'll let you read that email out that you've got in front of you there, mate, about the uh, footy tipping before yeah. we move on to uh, the World Cup. Another tight week this week. The star of the show was New York Times best-selling author Malcolm Ashwood. In a week where most tippers were afraid to go out on a limb, Malcolm stood head and shoulders above the rest with eight, eight out of nine, two points clear of second place. Rumour has, has it that Malcolm, an umpire himself, was the only one at Adelaide Oval cheering when the goal umpire ruled the ball and hit the post. Let's hope for Malcolm's sake the AFL integrity unit don't look too closely this one. You idiot. Donald, thank you. Ah, wow. Yes, uh, there's all sorts of ramifications <laughs> from that, but well put. All right, mate, we'll leave the SNFL there, and obviously we've got finals coming up, uh, and we'll take a bit more of a deep dive into that yep. once we know who's there. And yes. It's an exciting finish to the uh, uh, SNFL finals run this year, and um, yeah, look forward to uh, uh, looking into it a little bit further as we go along. All right, the World Cup, mate. Uh uh, where do we start? Let's unpack these uh, playing for third and fourth place. Adelaide, v- uh, Adelaide, Australia v Sweden. And look, for mine, that was a bit of a blight on the competition. That penalty given, look, honestly, I've seen more. It may, may have flicked a heel and we watched it 30 times. We were at, the, as I said, we were at the Queen's head out the back and... Uh, yeah, let's just say we might be on seven-second delay uh, and that for the language out the back. Yep. The one guy said, that's it, I'll never watch another game of soccer. And I'll, and I'm going, hang on, as far as I'm concerned, the, the Swedish girl dived, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just I said, I said I thought it was Kane Corns reincarnated the way she dived. <laughs> it's so, yeah. in- interesting different sports have different things. I actually saw a little bit of a, me- a meme uh, on Facebook the other day about a – uh, somebody taking a throw in, and they ended up running half the length of the field to actually throw the ball in that was uh, down near the corner, uh, which was a bit funny. But you're right, diving, um, VAR, um, you know, throw-ins. It's very interesting sport, and a bit like the AFL, they've got some tidying up to do, but they're getting better at it. So we'll see how we go. Um, Australia didn't quite get third, which they were really desperately hope, hoping for, but you could sort of see that the spark had gone. From the, uh, the the Matildas uh, once they lost to England in that semi-final match. Yeah, and look, that semi-final, just if a fine line, you know, Kirk could have equalised in the 80-odd minute, and it, who knows what could have happened. So, yeah, certainly, yeah, it was, it was the old fine line between pleasure and pain. Absolutely. It was close. And, yeah, the third place, nah, it was disappointing, but... In terms of winning the audience over, it was unique. Um, the crowds, 
they're all saying ratings, not only here but worldwide. It's easily the most successful ever um, World Cup female-wise and that. So, look, hats off to Australia in terms of everything in that regard. Absolutely. And then we move on to the final, uh, England v Spain. and Entertaining game, back and forth, but uh, Spain ended up uh, taking the chocolates on this occasion. Yeah. Yeah, no. Just too good. Shots at goal was very interesting. Australia sitting second or third on the table with around about 95, 96-odd shots. Spain taking 155 shots at goal throughout the tournament. Really does put them in a a class of their own uh, in giving themselves the best opportunity to win, and that's the name of the game, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Great result in terms of for them, them. and, yeah, obviously the way Piers had... uh, Morgan had carried on. I reckon a lot of us weren't exactly <laughs> shattered that England didn't get up either. I don't think that guy will be getting into Australia anytime no. soon. All right, mate, we're going to take a very, very quick break once again and we're going to come back. We're going to whiz through the basketball, the tennis and some cricket news. Yep. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Or may we move on to the basketball? Uh, the Boomers at the moment uh, playing in uh, some World Cup qualifiers. Uh, only lost one game in the last ten or twelve games, and that was against Iran on a forfeit because of travel. Some yeah, travel concerns, yeah. which was very weird. But they're actually building their way up for the World Cup here and uh, doing it in fine form at the moment. They're doing what they have to do: just qualify, do the job, yeah, you know, and hopefully just get through and. And you know, qualify and and do well, and hopefully you know, Paddy Mills and all that. The guns are back playing then, and yep. we have a crack at it. Some valuable game time to some lesser known yeah. names, which is exactly, I think, it's going to put Australia in a pretty good position. Uh, they won the FIBA Asian Cup, uh, seventy five to seventy three yep. against Lebanon, which was a very very good result. And then their few qualifiers that they've had over the last few weeks, they've got a couple or next couple of matches coming up against Finland, Germany and Japan, probably putting the final touches on their uh, World Cup preparations. All right, we move on. Uh, Two young Australians uh, making it inside the World Top 50 for the first time in their career of Alexi Popperin and uh, Purcell. Yeah, it's it's encouraging for the future. It's probably the best way to phrase it, that hopefully a couple more arriving Mm -hmm. and, yeah, so... Max Parcell and, and Alexi Popperin have been on the tour now yep. a few years. They're just starting to put a few things together. A bit more consistency. Yes. We we obviously talk about Kyrgios. We've talked about, obviously, Tomic previously. Uh, uh, we've talked, obviously, Diminar last week. Um, Australia's tennis is just starting to go through a little bit of a revival. And now that some of these big names are starting to, to step away from the game a little bit, we're looking for that next player to jump on. These guys are still young enough to play some very, very good tennis and they're just sneaking inside the top 50 for the first time in their career. Yeah, and hopefully just continue to build. Mark Filipousis is back with uh, Stefanan Tsitsipas um, just after a couple of months. Yeah, interesting. Parted parted with his pupil uh, at the end of the Australian Open. There was a little bit of a backstory to that. He actually did a voiceover for a betting company. Right. which was then pulled up by the ITF, the International Tennis Federation. Yep. Uh, governing body sort of said, hey, hang on, we don't really want uh, uh, 
um, uh, players, coaches, administrators involved in the betting side of things. Yep. Uh, they found that obviously there was nothing going on. Yep. He just was basically voicing over yep. um, and was obviously allowed to return after I think around about 100000 in fines. So right, okay. uh, a bit of a slap on the wrist, but back with his man, uh, his fellow uh, Greek, uh, Stefanos Sissipas. Yeah, okay. No, apologies. Didn't realise that. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good player, uh, Philippoussis. I oh, did a little yeah. bit of research. Oh, yeah. he, he ran into Sampras quite a bit. It's it's yeah. a bit like Hewitt. And you look at some of their uh, career stats and you look at some of the finals that they lost or on the way to the final, they lost against either Sampras or a Nadal or a yeah. Federer or uh, Agassi. You know what I mean? So, and Philippoussis was in that, in that boat. And I think the one that stands out for me is probably the game where uh, Sampras lost his coach uh, to cancer uh, here down here in the Australian Open and Philippus has played him that night and Sampras was in tears yeah. and that's probably the one uh, big one that stands out for me apart from his Wimbledon final. He was around the mark a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And cricket, mate, uh, South Australia currently up in Darwin for yep. a bit of pre-season. Uh, I'll let you take the microphone on this one. You gave me the uh, the heads up on this one a day or two ago. Yeah, well, we're hoping to have Rhino, Ryan Harris and that, but uh, definitely have Ryan, Ryan on, a, on a different week. Uh, he's up in Darwin. There was a meeting tonight and that, so it sort of clashed. Um they're buoyant, the Redbacks a bit. They think they've got we've got a bit more bowling depth overall. Um, batting, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. It's still the question mark. You mm-hmm. need Henry Hunt to have a big year and be more consistent. Will, um, will we see Travis Head and, and Kerry for any parts of it? Will be some. You just got to wait and see on yep. that one. Drew's obviously uh, important. Um, uh, McSweeney, McSweeney came, uh, McAndrew and McSweeney. McSweeney looked good with the bat. Uh, always awesome to catch up with his grandpa who uh, comes down pretty regularly from Queensland for his games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there, there's, there's hope as a red back, which probably you can't have said that every year for the past few that we've we already knew beforehand. Where I, I do think this side's a chance. All right, so, well, we'll keep a bit yeah. of an eye on that one. Uh, just to finish off on cricket news, Usman Khawaja locked away a commentator's role when his time is finished in uh, Test cricket. I think it'd be great. He's eloquent. He thinks. Doesn't speak verbal diarrhea like a few of them. Um, I think it'd be great. Are we concerned a little bit that uh, he's already thinking this way or is this just him setting himself up for the future? And I'm, I've always seen him as pretty level-headed. So. Yeah, I think he's just being smart. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Well, we wish him the best of luck on the field and hopefully we don't see him uh, off the field uh, too soon. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, mate, we're going to take a very quick break. We're going to come back with our past players, past legends segment. And tonight we have Chris Prime. Go the tractor. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Past players, past legends, past legends. So tonight we are absolutely privileged to have on legendary, and I don't use that word lightly, uh, goal kicking 
phenomenon in Chris, Chris Tractor Prime. Of course, he cut a splendid figure in that Lycra Guernsey <laughs> in his time at the parade. We will get to that, obviously. But if we actually read out all his goal-kicking achievements, Pete, we'd be here to about next well, Thursday. You were here at 9am this morning and started reading yeah. it. We're still reading it now. Just a casual... Uh, before the start of after 2021, tractor a casual 2,060 goals in the country for you know, in footy. It is an, a monumental achievement. And uh, tractor, we will go through some of that during it. But welcome aboard, mate. No worries. Thanks, Malcolm. Pete. Thanks for having me. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Uh, like we do with most of our uh, guests, we like to sort of delve into your juniors and then work our way up and. How you got to Norwood and and some of uh, some of your exploits there, but where did you start your junior juniors, mate? Oh look, I started my junior footy in God, I would have been seven or eight at Port Deal. Um, I think I played under twelves for a couple of years before I touched the ball, as I think most kids do at that age. Um, and played all my junior footy at Port Neil, um before heading to school at Westminster uh, for three years. Okay, I didn't realise. So, uh, Westminster, what years were they uh, school-wise there, Tractor? They, I would have finished in 87, so 85, 86, 87. Um, but, yeah, David, what year What year school-wise? Oh, that was 10, 11, 12. 10, 11, right. Yep, yep. 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 And, so, yeah, our, one of our teachers there was uh, David Tiller, who was, yes. I think, captain of North Adelaide. So uh, Tills is still at Westminster, mate. Yes. Yep, um, oh, my son's just finished Westminster last year, so uh, Tills was still there, and it was good to catch up with him. So, um, yeah, so he was there, and and Kim Harris, who yes. was our first eighteen coach while I was there, so he taught me a few little tricks as I travelled through state cricketer. So, yep. uh, obviously, with your, your juniors uh, out in the country there, and and then moving to Westminster, did you always have a bit of an appetite for goal kicking? Oh, look, I did. Um, Pretty much from a young age, look, I played forward. I wasn't overly big as a as a kid. Um, I sort of played forward pocket, rove sort of thing, as, as most younger ones do. Like, you know, you, you get on the on the sides, and the bigger kids in the age groups plays down the spine. Um, my, I guess my first memory of goal kicking was, I think it was '81. We hadn't kicked a goal against the opposition mini side for the whole year. Um, but we won the grand final. But the ball was in the air when the siren went, and then went through the goals. Um, and that—that was—that's my distinct, distinct memory of like the first really important goal you kick is when you snap and it's in the air. And the oh, it's a fair memory goes, that you grand, and you win a grand final by two points. Oh, everyone loves the sausage roll. You might yeah. How old were you then, Tractor? Oh, I reckon I was ten or eleven. So don't are you still got on the West Ends, yeah, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm in the car with mum and dad who uh, don't drink and have yes, never have. Yes. Um, and headed to Western Australia straight yep. after that. Okay. So. so from there, let's let's go through some of. Uh, so, in terms of footy wise, you, you build up to ending up at Nord. Uh, ending up at Nord. Uh, obviously, let's go through though. Eighty nine. You've kicked one hundred and eighteen goals for Ports. Um, and then in 91, 125 goals for Tasmans. Yep. Yeah, so I played my first 
senior game at Port Neil in '86. So Port yep. Neil, Port Neil was by itself. We won three premierships. Well, they won '84, as I was only thirteen. '86, '87, '88, which I played in with my two brothers. Yep. And then Port Neil amalgamated with Arno Bay to form Ports. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yep. Yep. So Ports was the amalgamated club, and that was our first year, and we lost the grand final to Kimber. Okay. So I kicked 118 as a yep. as a 18 year old. I think I was. Um, it was the first time I'd actually got to play full forward because my oldest brother Peter had actually been playing full forward for Port Neil at that stage. And a great th- thank you to Peter Lyons for his book on country goal kickers, which I have in front of it. In front of me, and by pure fluke, the first page I turned to today, looking to start looking for you, I came across Richard Horgan's name and gave Hogs a ring. So, and then he said, "Yeah, he'd play." He, he was involved with you at Tumbies as well. So the old small Adelaide and small footy world was uh, in vogue there, mate. What What, what was your biggest haul in that 118 in, in any one uh, game? Off the top, look, top of my head, that was a long time ago. I'm lucky to remember what I did. Um, I reckon it was about an eleven or twelve. Correct, eleven against Ports. But so well done, well done there, Tractor. You've passed yeah. that one. <laughs> and then, so in terms of then arriving from country footy, you find you decided to you know have a crack at Nord, not as a youngster. You know, you'd already played a fair bit of senior footy and that. What got you to the parade? Uh, look, we played an EP game at Crystal Brook. Yep. Um, I think I kicked five or six, and uh, um, Port Adelaide approached me after, straight after the game to see if I wanted to come down next week to train or play. Um, North Adelaide approached me, and Nord asked me out for who'd like to come out and do two weeks pre-season. Yep. Um, and, and my saving grace was I was 21, and... I guess smart enough in the world to know I wasn't fit enough to play the next week. Yeah. At Reggie's level, um, there's no guarantees. And I thought two weeks, come out and train for two weeks and see how it goes, was like, you know, on the job training really for yeah. me. Yep. I think there's a pretty mature answer in that regard, Tractor. And of course, you arrived at, you know, Nord 93. And, yeah, let's also be honest, you've been coached by. A fitness fanatic in Neil Craig, so that w- would have been a a, uh, probably a bit of an eye opener and a shock to the system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, th- look, it was and like I, I came over thinking I was pretty fit, um, but no, that just wasn't in the. It wasn't generally in my makeup to to be that way. So um, yeah, look, we pushed through and. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to, to get a run in that first game. So we've got to talk about your nickname, mate, the tractor. I mean, obviously, I've got an idea, but let the listeners in uh, to know uh, how you became the tractor or the nickname tractor came about. Uh, one of my, when I went down to Lincoln, um, I think a uh, Twee Cordwell coached us the second year. Yep. And we were training. I don't know why we started training in December, um, <laughs> but we were down there doing beach runs or run along the foreshore and you know, he said, Oh, you you're pretty slow to get going, you're hard to stop and we'll just call you and you're from a farm, we'll call you a tractor and it was just one of those names that's pretty well stuck. Um I know when I got to Norwood, you know, because I was towards the end of the run, everyone asked what your name was, well 
when you're right at the end of the runs, people actually remember who you are. Yeah. So, true. like, it was a real ploy that I, I'd employed at that stage just to be unfit to try and get guys to remember who I was. <laughs> and then, so, was it also your mum may have uh, a bit of wise words at your beginning at, uh, at your time at the parade too, mate? Yeah, she did. Like, um, she, yeah, she, uh, I guess it was, we had the bye the first week and Sturt played Centrals at Elizabeth. Um, and Craigie, in his wisdom, picked his top 30 to go and watch the game at Elizabeth. That's and right, I wasn't in that. And, yeah. and I wasn't in that top 30 and that sort of, I don't know. I, I've never been good at being second. Um, I, I'm a fairly competitive beast and... Look, I was probably third in line then, and yeah, I rang Mum and said, "Look, I've had enough of this. I wasn't working. Um, yeah, look, I was just sick of Adelaide." And he said, "I'll just play a couple of games of footy, get the footy started, and see how things go." And I think that week, Anthony Pieri and Mark Ducker both broke down. Yes. Yep. And leading on the Thursday night, I think Craig he spoke to me as I was going out to training and said, "Look, you'll be starting this week." Um, which which was which was nice. Uh, I, Mum and Dad, I think, were still over here because they were probably still involved with football over here. Um, so yeah, look, played my first game tenth of tenth of April '93, which happened well, to be my well, middle brother's well played tractor. Very impressive. Yep, uh, well, I do have that in front of me as well. Well played. So, yeah, and kick the casual seven on debut. Yeah, first one, and I told the under fifteen boys this when are over there this year playing at the yep. parade. Like um, when I caught up with you, yep, yep. Sitting in the goal square, leading out Craig Baum, kicking it out in the middle and taking a mark in front of Cooper's Hill. Now, as a Nord supporter or a Nord footballer, taking a mark in front of a packed Cooper's Hill, I don't reckon there could have been anything better. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call um, actually. So, like, and we had, well, that's when we were getting good numbers, good football numbers there yeah. to, to the crowd, and you'd have four or 5,000 people or 3,000 people, and, you know, it felt like a, a big crowd when you're playing in front of those, you know, because you're right there. Their yeah. voices are right there. So, yeah, yeah it was very memorable. Um, I think I played the next week and then got dropped for a week. So, yeah, you live and learn. <laughs> Seven on debut. Played the following week and then dropped the week out. That's oh, that's Craig, unreal. Craggy was a hard taskmaster. Gosh, I got dropped for one week. I reckon. I think I played yeah. all but one game for the year. You would have been pretty keen for Anthony Pieri to be in the same side as you with that like Craguernsey because that did make you look like a swelt move smooth machine, mate. Yeah, yeah, was something like that. Anyway, <laughs> um, Plugger and I did play a few together. Yeah, not so much in '93. I reckon '94 we did. Yep. Um, but yeah, and even maybe into '95. But yeah, there's Mark Ducker and I formed a pretty good partnership in '93, and then, um, yeah, and then obviously we split that up because I reckon Ducks had left in '94. So it, it was finding that, I guess, finding that rhythm or the person you can you can work with, and you're not always in the same spot, which is quite hard at times in the forward lines because you you all want the ball and you're 
generally going to the same spot. So it was good to have that cohesion with with Mark Ducker. Like you know, we weren't in each other's space all the time. Now, I'm going to ask you one question with that. Now, we asked this same question to Brett James. Now, Brett James was a fitness fanatic. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, whatever whatever would be for you in that regard. But on the Thursday night before the grand final in 93 at Nord is the only time I've ever, as a spectator watching, started going, for goodness sake, get him off the track. Do, can you remember that, just how ridiculously hard we trained in grand final week? Uh, I can't, only because by that stage of the year, I was only training for about half an hour on a Thursday night to make sure I could still move. Um, I'd done my conjoint tendon through my groin, and so from about the last third of the year, I would play on Saturday, not walk very well Sunday, and just work in the gym Monday Wednesday, whatever nights, which Monday yeah. and Tuesday, and then just do half an hour on a Thursday yeah. to make sure I was right. So, yeah, look, I know my boys might have been out there, but like, I, yeah, I couldn't yep, comment because I yep. wasn't. And the highlight of that of that year, did you find as well the prelim final against Port was a great game? It was a great game as well. Okay, we finished on the right side and and ran it running, won it running away, really, but. That was a fantastic game, and did you think that was virtually the highlight of the year as well? Yeah, look, I think I think we played there's about twenty five or twenty five and a half thousand people in in Footy Park, and it it felt full. We normally played out there, and it felt like there was no one in it. Yeah, um, and that was an, a noisier game and more atmosphere than the grand final the week after. Yeah, because unfortunately yeah. the grand final we weren't exactly uh, overly competitive. Uh, I will say, you know, I did. I was happy for Simon Neve because I thought Neve still should have been. I thought he should have got more opportunities at Nord, and also happy for Bruce as coach. But yeah, it certainly wasn't a great day. And I will say, I'll be honest that uh, Pete, I reckon we were in the bar by about the fifteen minute mark. Uh, that I was day. sitting at the northern end, so uh, I, I can certainly attest to uh, feeling disappointed <laughs> early on. That's for sure, mate. Yeah. You- you were uh, obviously ninety three. You start uh, against Sturt at Norwood, um, and you finish the year in a grand final. I mean, st- that stuff that y- you dream of as a kid is that something that you know? Oh, yeah, it, it is. Like it would have been nice to play in a winning grand final, um, but yeah, just just that that whole feeling, even the lead up for the week and. Um, Oh, actually, someone gave me some photos the other day and it was of us getting presented in Rundle Mall the day before. Yeah, they yep. presented all the players yeah, as they walked that. across the bridge, across the, the middle yep. that's no longer there. Yep. Um, and you think, you know, how much footy's changed, like, you know, all this stuff going on now just doesn't happen. But, yeah, they less happens, but they demand more. Yes. I think we demand more of our footballers now than what yeah. they did. We did back then. And eighty-seven majors for the yeah. year in '93. Is there a couple that stand out, or a couple of performances, a couple of weeks that stand out where you got a, oh. a, a nice bag? I, I think seven was my highest tally. Um, I think I kicked a seven against South Adelaide as well. When I think Plugger had kicked thirteen in the in the twos, which put a bit of pressure on, and I kicked seven in the. 
in the ones. But yeah, look, I, I guess it, I played my role. Like I, I'd sort of kick my four or five or um, three or, but I, I quite often I'd do I'd kick three or four in in a quarter and then like I'd be shut down, but I'd be bringing the ball to the front. You'd have like yeah. Pato and Rowie. Pato had a good year from you from you bringing the ball to the so, front. So no like, doubt that, about that. that was. Like Sam Smart played centre half forward and didn't have a heap of the ball, but his job was to compete, bring yeah. it to the ground. My job at full forward was present, bring it to the ground, and have you know, Stephen Pitt, Stephen Rowe, and well, all the Stephens, Patterson come yeah. onto it. Yeah, yeah. And of course, a huge feather in your cap where you got, uh, and it was was something the leadership positions was something Craigie took very very seriously and uh, vice captain the following year, mate. Yeah, look, and, and that probably was a bit of a shock. I, I, um, I don't know if I was mature enough. I was old enough. Um, and I was probably, a, might have been a wiser head a bit later on, but um, we weren't really an old side. Uh, no, that's true. Yeah. And, and I learned a lot from that year, like just sitting in on selection and, and things like that. So it, it was an experience. Um, being at that level and then turning around and probably it's probably aided me later on in my footy when I've gone into leadership positions or coaching positions. So. And so there, so you, another reason, quite a reasonable year again, fifty-three goals. But uh, in, well, basically carried the from the year before the injury I had. Was I had the right side operated on? I needed the left side to operate on, but they wouldn't do both at the same time. Oh, okay. So I played ninety four, um, basically on one leg. So wow, pretty frustrating in terms mm. of then your time at Nord with it. Therefore, in that regard, so oh, it, but like to me, once once you walked on the footy field, yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, you crossed the white line like, exactly. Um, like you. And I'll see guys come off the footy field now and they say, oh, no, I'm done. I said, how do you know you're done? And they said, oh, it's sore. I said, you don't know it's sore until you actually get back on the oval and then you know because your adrenaline kicks in and and you just keep going. Like, And not everyone's built the same, but that's that's how we are generally built. Like we go, you know, it doesn't matter. You just keep playing until the siren goes. So you, next year, 95. The 95, your final game was the prelim final lost to Centrals. Why did you decide to give it away after the three years tractor at league level? Well, I could ask, if you had a you had a visit, uh, video hook up here, I'd be able to show you. I'm actually sitting in the house on the farm that came up next door to our main farm. So um, I reckon with about, I don't know, six weeks to go in the season, brother had a chat to me and said, look, the farm next door is coming up. Right. And... I said, well, yeah. He said, you've had three years of fun. <laughs> you want to come home and do some work. And once again, I was wise enough to understand that, you know, I was going to work for the rest of my life. Yep. Um, I wasn't going to play footy for the rest. So, yeah, I, I made that call. We talked when Peter Rose was on talk for a while about whether I'd travel back, but that wasn't going to work for me. Yep. Um, just... I needed the training. I needed to do that yeah. three nights a week yeah. just to keep up a 
pretty much a basic level of fitness um, because I'm not I'm not those not the, the Paddos or the Brett James that can just run. Yeah. Um, yeah so look, it, it was never really an option to to travel back, and um, I just settled back here. Mate, you've packed in a lot of um, a, a lot of things that have happened within the couple of years you're at Nord. You you arrive, you uh, debut, uh, you play in a grand final, you kick 87 goals, you then back it up the following year with 53 goals and a prelim loss to, to Centrals on one leg, now that you're telling us this. Um, mate, that's one of the best stories that I've heard in SNFL football for a very short period of time of somebody being in the game. Yeah, look, I, I don't know if it's, it's. I think we've all got stories. Yes. Um, I think you run into people, and you talk to you talk to people that play play footy. Everyone's got a story, like, and they they've all got little different little bits, and yeah. Um, because not everyone doesn't know what someone else is challenged by, so it's it's one of those things, and it's not till you sit down with them and have a bit of a chat, you go. Actually, you face challenges I didn't even know about. Exactly. So, I think we've all got them through life, and football's no different. Oh, you know, that's one thing I've found with interviewing people, and that it's a great reminder that track, just because a person's better at sport, that it doesn't mean that people don't go through tragedies, etc. You know, and obviously at Nord, that's really close to our hearts at the moment, and you know. Ross Dillon's father dying when he was 16 on Christmas Day, went going to fix a drill mm-hmm. and electrocuting himself. You know, Bruce Winter's mum died when he was two. He, she cut herself in Port Moresby and died of septicemia. So, you know, exactly. Yep. Anything and everything. Now, you, you've, once you've decided to go back home and you've gone gone back to your club, to Ports, and you're there for the next 11 years and, you know, sort of some success and all that, but... And knowing you, Tractor, it would have been a massive decision to decide to change to Tumby Bay. But going to Tumby Bay, and you know, again, not as a kid, it was in 2007, but your career almost exploded from when you went to Tumby Bay, mate. Oh, look, I, I did. I, my 11 years at Ports, I, look, I loved it. Um, I just was frustrated. I, I think uh, we, we were probably had three or four top-line players um, and then sort of dropped away. And we just couldn't keep up with sides. And um, without the 6-6-6 rule, got a little <laughs> bit beaten up at times. Um, yeah. And my coach at the time was Trevor Grenfell. Yep. yep. Um, Buff. Yeah, North Adelaide. He, uh, he said, if you want to enjoy your football, go somewhere else. Um that's a pretty mature comment, actually. And this is, I was 36. Um, I think I was captain of the side at the time. And, yeah, so I made the decision. I went and talked to a couple of clubs, talked to Tazins where I played in 90 and 91, talked to Tumby and um, ended up ended up going to Tumby. Um, and one of the local papers, I oh don't know, about a month out from the footy, they put a bit of a report in there about what the clubs are doing. And um, oh, I knew this bloke, and he said, "Oh, that 36, this this fellow probably be find it hard against these young guys running around." And um, <laughs> that sort of yeah, that was like you know a red rag to a ball for yeah. me. So yep. it was probably the fittest I'd been 
since I left Nord when I played that first year at Tumby. And just a casual 150 goals. Uh, Ouch. 10 plus on eight occasions. And right, oh, come on, Tractor, what was the highest total you kicked in that year? Oh, good. Uh, I reckon I kicked you on 18 that well year. Well played, yep. 18 against Cummins, Capini, and also winning the male medal, mate. Yeah, look, um, I knew I was a chance when I kicked six in the first game and got six votes. So it, it was one of those years, things just, we, we had a good side and the ball came in a lot. Yep. Um, but I had a purple patch in the middle. Um, Hawks was, uh, Richard Horgan was our coach. Yes. And I've always, I must have read a Malcolm Blight book early on. And he always said about tying your shoelace on the inside of yeah. your... Oh, red hot on that, Blighty, yes, yep. Uh, on the inside of your boot. Yep. So you're not, the ball's not hitting a knot and you can kick better. But I kicked... I reckon I kicked nine goals, seven this day on something. And Hogs have said to me, why do you tie your shoelace on the inside of your boot? And I said, to help me kick straight. He said, it's not working, tie it on the outside. Um, I think I kicked 100 in the next nine games. <laughs> so and much I think for... it was about 100 goal, 12. Yes, and I'm, I'm surprised the Hogs the didn't I tied my shoelace on the outside. So, wow. so much for Blighty's uh, theory. Yeah, so the football's a fair, fair bit between the years. Yeah, absolutely. And a, so a couple of male medals uh, involved there, mate, too. Uh, still no club best and fairest there, though. What's that? Didn't well, quite get the best and fairest. Wow. Well, so. so you won two yeah. two male medals, but no B&F. And 150-odd yep. goals. Yeah, 150 goals, I thought, might have been enough to get you up, Tractor. No, so. a runner-up that year. Okay. What, yeah. Hawks gave himself the vote, so, yeah. Nah, Jay Shannon won up that year. Okay. Jay Shannon, who yeah, spent play. a bit of time at yep. North and um, Port, he he won, the, he won the 2006, I think, on as a 15, 16-year-old and was running up in 07, so, yeah. So, there, yeah, so 131 goals again the next year, Tractor, so... And it, and then 102, so a couple of flags there as well, mate. Yep, yep. Lost the 08 one. Yep. Uh, that was a game we shouldn't have lost. That was our first loss for the two years. Ouch. That's yes, awful. that was out at Tumby Bay as well. Oh, ouch, even more. Yeah, good reminder that, yeah. Footy is between the years, yeah, isn't it? And anything on the given day, especially GFs. So, yeah, another 100 yeah. goals the following year. So, yeah, it's pretty consistent there for a fair while, Tractor. Yeah, look, I, I was. I think I'd kicked 500 in the first 77 games there. So, Were you tested for leather poisoning? Oh, I don't know. I, I probably should have retired then. Nah, nah, keep going, mate. I reckon you're only warming up now, Tractor. <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm getting towards the end. I uh, keep saying that, though. You've said that for a few years, mate. I reckon you're still yeah. going okay. So you're still, still looking in pretty reasonable, Nick. Nick, so yeah, 2018 is another 100 goal year. So, you know, fair effort that your first 100 goal year is 1989 and you followed it up just a mere casual, you know, uh, 29 years later. That's that's quite ridiculous, really, Tractor. Yeah, I think the last one was in the twos. Yeah, um, 100 goals. That was, 
I think we needed seven in the last quarter to get it in the minor round. Um, so every ball came to me. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough, too. Love it. What yeah. what what what's uh, some of your 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 best memories of obviously going back and playing local football after being in the city for a couple of years? Oh look, there's it's the people you meet, um, and it's both sides. Like you know, some of the guys you stand you you you, you stand them four times a year, or uh, you know, there's a bloke just down the road that we stood toe to toe and maybe discuss the finer points of the rivalry between the two clubs, but we'll have a beer every time yeah, we see each other. Exactly. Um you know, so like it's you meet people on the way. Uh I try to think last year I was my my son came home from Adelaide for the weekend. He he doesn't play footy very much. I said we were short. I said, Well, you got socks and shoes and boots, well we'll register this week and we we lost that week, but he, I played a game with Sam, so that was that was good. Like, yeah, he, he took a mark in the middle, passed to me, kicked the goal. And I thought, well, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, can't argue with that. that I reckon that's the so, perfect wording, too, Tractor. Can't so, get any better than that. Yeah, like there's things like that that happen along the way, or you know, just little things like it might be given a handball to. I know that doesn't happen from full forwards inside fifty very often. Um, to a bloke that's struggling or, you know, just learning, you, you handball it to them and they kick a goal and it just lifts them and it lifts the whole side. You know, I, I don't need to kick goals. Yeah. Um, that that part of my job's done. Like, But if you can help someone out now or, you know, encourage people, that's sort of what you can do. What about some Mortlock Shield, you know, highlights there and who you've played with, with and against, Tractor? Um. Well, I can't remember who I played with it against. There'd be a fair chunk of them. Um, look, they are always great weekends. I don't think we'd be allowed, like, realistically, under SANFL rules, we're probably not allowed to do it now, like, because we played two games in, you know, three days. Like, yeah. we'd get shot down, but um, we'd play a full game on the Saturday and, you know, party pretty hard Saturday night and sometimes again Sunday and then front up and play again Monday. So, like... Um, yeah, like, and you played against the best of every league. So, I remember one day there, I was standing Jeff Phillip, uh, Jeff, Jeff Phelps, and yep, you know, yep. I was maybe a little bit under the weather from my Sunday, and like, yeah, it's just hard work. Like, you know, you, you really test yourself out. So, um, it's it's one of those things. It's every level you go up, you just find those people that. We find more people that are at the same level as you or better than you, so you challenge yourself. Jeff Phelps, good left-arm opening bowler too. He got me out a couple of times, unfortunately. <laughs> so, again, the old small sporting world as we keep going in that regard. But it's any real memorable like wins in Mortlock Shield that you really treasure? Actually, the one I treasure the most is probably the not so much on the football side. It's the best yep. story that gets told, though. Yeah. Um, I think we play. I'll tell you the year if I can remember it. Um, we played on the Saturday. I kicked nine goal one on the Saturday, and as I said, we all went pretty hard at it on Saturday night. And my old footy club Tasman's down there used to have a drink sprint on Sunday, <laughs> and 
they would give you a schooner glass as you walked in, and it was free beer for an hour and a half. Oh, wow. So this is 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> this is recovery. And I had 22 schooners in an hour and a half. Fair effort, Tractor. Um, I was in bed by about 4 o'clock, and we had the 3 o'clock game on the Monday. And that's the day I stood um, Pelpsy. Yep. So I kicked one goal nine. <laughs> Might have seen um, a few different goalposts. Oh, Might have the problem. Problem. So we we lost that day by no, it's probably seven points or something like that, and uh, hence lost the Mortlock Shield. Um, so that would have been I would have thought that might have been ninety. 1991, that might have been 92, I reckon, my first year back at Eastern Air. So, yeah, that's the story gets told the most. I missed out on the goal-kicking award by one goal, and I reckon we lost the Morlock Shield by one goal, three. So but you won, the, drink, but you won the drinking award, so, yeah. I did win the drinking award, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. Bit of yin and yang about that, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised that you got up in that one tractor. I admit that. I, you know, I reckon I'd struggle to even go waters with you. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so down. Like, I, yes. I reckon I had a bit of a corky that day too. Keen at goals, and once you get in the yips, you're stuffed. So I had the yips bad. So. Uh, mate, we go back to your. Uh, we'll go back to the SNFL like we do with uh, most of our guests. We like to to sort of probe you a little bit in. Who were some of the best players you played against and, and went head-to-head with and, and enjoyed playing against in the SNFL, that is? I look, Roger Delaney, probably one of the toughest fullbacks I've stood. Um, just his ability to read the ball, his, his strength. Um, he was just hard work, like, all the time. Um, and he'd run off run off an attack. Oh, yeah. And and could hit a target. Yeah. Um, I know, I reckon 95, I stood Paul North East a couple of times. Okay. Um, and, like, once again, like, you'd want to bag him all the time about the way he kicked the footy. Yeah, but he didn't miss a target. No, he was just he was just really good. Like, and I actually ran into him a few weeks ago, and he, you know, we, he had a bit of it. I said something about his kick, and he said, well, how many uh, premiership medallions have you got, Primey? <laughs> Yeah, uh, hard yeah. to compete it with that line. Nah, nah, and like once again, like he he good bloke. Um, you know, obviously, you know different ends of the the planet being Port and Norwood, but like you know, you talk to them now, and you know, the, you have that understanding of what they were doing, and um, we were just all trying to beat them, so and we couldn't. So look, there's those sort of guys you play against. Um, but I'm trying to think. That's a long time ago. Um, Jason Spear from the Eagles always yeah, was yeah. one of those ones that you know was pretty much all over you. Um, and like, it's just a lot of. There's some guys you get the best of one week, and the next week you can't get a kick on them. So, um, the other two I probably battled with the hardest. Um, they were the most consistent ones. Them and Chris and Chris Threadgold from Dirt, that. You know that you knew that's who you're going to stand when you played them. So um, the others swapped around a bit. And of course, playing with you played with a couple of two of the all-time all-time SNFL greats, mate. <laughs> so 
for Nord. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, well, yeah, you couldn't go past um, Gary McIntosh. Yep. Um, and that was, you know, you felt privileged running on the oval with him at times. Like, uh, you, you would, if he said do something, you just did it. And um, <clears throat> well, I guess I was fortunate enough that... No, you didn't play with Aishi, yeah, sorry. Yep. Although Aishi, it says in Aishi's bio that he retired in... Um, 92. Yeah. He actually played a couple of games in 93. Yeah, just at the start. Yeah, that's right. The, um, I remember we played at at the parade against Glenelg, um, and he he came out onto the ground and like you could sort of feel the Glenelg supporters and players just drop. Like, it was just unbelievable. Like he started in a forward pocket. Um, Kicked a couple, I reckon. And, yeah, he's he just... Even at whatever he was then, at the end of his career, he was still... Just had that touch. Yeah, aura so, as well. Yeah, so, look, I was fortunate. And then you, you throw in, like, Brett James. Well, I think you got your three highest games players yes, there, just about. Yeah, with, uh, with Keith Thomas. Yeah. Keith Thomas just walked out the door as I arrived, pretty yeah. much. Um he did all the pre-season. Yeah, um, it was that day so to like, Elizabeth. It was he decided that day at Elizabeth that that was it. Yeah. At so, the start where you didn't get make that squad of 30. So, yeah, I actually thought of that as you said it. I was thinking of KT. So, yeah, touch touch of an ironry there, mate. Yeah, look, so I was pretty lucky to meet, meet those blokes and play footy with them or train with them. Um, like the Tommy Warhurst, who was, once again, did, did all pre-season or did a fair chunk of pre-season. So you get to meet them and, um, yeah, you get your, your foot in the door when you see them now and you think, well, yeah, look, guys, are you, you know, I was a Sturt supporter growing up, so the guys that you sort of look at and you idolise and then you start meeting them because you're playing for you against them or with them and um, you're sort of some sometimes a little bit in awe of, of them because you go, oh, wow, it was only... 12 months ago or two years ago, I was watching you on TV thinking, God, how, how cool is that? And um, next thing you know, you're there with them. Mate, we'll get you out here on this one. What are you up to these days? Um, well, at the moment, I'm running a, 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 helping running a farm with my oldest brother and two nephews, um, run a sheep stud. So we've got our ram sale coming up next Tuesday, the 29th, if anyone's looking for a good pole merino ram. Um, I was just throwing a plug in. And Go for it, mate. Go for it. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, I uh, I have sort of – I did retire at the end of last year football-wise, um, but did fall off the wagon. I played five <laughs> games so far yeah. this year for Ports. That doesn't surprise – and, yeah, fascinating – you Current situation with Ports and and uh, Tumby, mate, being made a life member and stu- and playing back at Ports. So yeah, you've sort of completed the full ju- full journey, mate. Look, I have, and and, it, and that's where it started. Like Port New had just done up their complex um, earlier this year, and my nephew Caleb, uh, yes, came over and said, "Oh, look, we left a couple out of the B grade." I said, "Oh, that's good," and I. Might have snuck in and had a couple of quiet beers and on the Friday, and I messaged the B grade coach. I said, "Disappointed, I didn't get a game." 
and that was at 7.30. By quarter to eight, I had a clearance and was registered and um, fronted up the next day. I'm not surprised that Caleb did that either. So. Love country yes. footy, I love yes. it. So, yes. Look, and, and, it, and it's a nice feeling to go, well, to go back home. Like, um, you know, that's where I started my footy. Um, but, yeah, still heavily involved in Tumby, like, with the with the club rooms and managing the bar and so like it it's one of those things I you know it was an opportunity Tumby had plenty of numbers I wasn't going to play um, and it just sort of happened by accident. Nah, great great here and uh, look forward to catching up with you and Caleb too at uh, some stage as well. Tractor greatly appreciated to come on board. Con- congratulations on. Uh, incredible career and uh, look forward to catching up again, mate. No, no worries. Thanks, Malcolm. Keep, hey. keep kicking those sausage rolls, mate. Uh, I will try. I will try. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, Tractor. Uh, cheers. We thank uh, Tractor for his time tonight. Uh, what a career. I mean, I, I made mention of it, obviously, when we were talking with Chris at the time, that, you know, two years at the SNFL level. Three. Uh, sorry, three years at the SNFL level. Um, two leading goal kickers. Kicks 87 in his first year, kicks 54 in his second year, basically on one leg. Goes back to the country. He's already had a, a glorious career before he arrived at the SNFL and then a glorious career after, which is still basically going. And it snowballed again. It virtually reincarnated at the age of 36 where he swapped over to Tumby Bay and kicks 150 goals in his first year there as a 36-year-old. The all-time leading goal kicker in country footy with a 2060 60 odd goals, yeah, it's incredible career, and yeah, great, great to have the tractor on board tonight. Absolutely, he made a couple of very good points that everybody has a story, and yeah, this is why we run this part of the the show is that we get to hear these stories, and we get to find out things that we didn't know. Bit of a deep thinker too, tractor. Absolutely. All right, we thank Tractor for his time. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Kick us off today. Happy birthday, Jacob Surgeon. Um, drafted to Port Adelaide in 2003, originally from South Coogee. Uh, Surgeon made his AFL debut in round one, 2004, against Essendon. Went on to play five of the first seven games before a knee injury tragically cut his year short. Yeah, and a real good bloke too, Serge. Um, I'll be honest, uh, with passing a free of Chocker, his daughters, uh, Suzanne and Robin, rang me. Said, right, you got to come out to come out and see us at Prospect tonight. It was after on the Sunday. North had played Centrals, and North had played Glenelg. So I drive out to Prospect to catch up. And as I'm driving there, I'm thinking, oh, oh I reckon it's their 2018 Premiership reunion tonight. Yes. So I walk in, obviously I'm the only person in Nord gear. And look, Jacob Surgeon and Josh Carr were really good. They kept playing it up because I said, I'm not watching that crap, turn my head. And hey, Malcolm, Malcolm, Boyd Woodcock's about to kick a goal. Yep. And 
Then I'm going, no, no, put last year's grand final up, put the Kings goal. And I get on well with Cameron Craig. I've coached him in cricket and Craig, he's gone, piss off, Malcolm. I never want to see that goal again in my life. So it was really good banter. Yep. And Serge, Serge was good with his part that night. Absolutely. Uh, steadily built his career in Ports uh, to his uh, losing grand final in 2007 uh, with a career high games played in that season. Uh, the highlight obviously would have been named vice captain in 2010 after after that. Look, the big thing where I really respect Jacob Surgeon is all you want is a person to get the best out of themselves, and he did that. He left. He yep. didn't leave anything out on the track. He yep. he, every blood, sweat, and tear, and he got the best out of himself. Absolutely. Now he's coaching North. And that led yeah. me to my next point. Unfortunately, he was delisted in 2012. Um, tough, strong tackling machine. Uh, moved uh, to defence to, to defence to lock down on a defender if he needed. Um, but obviously, through that midfield, very, very good. And like you said, he definitely looked like he left nothing out there. He then goes on to uh, be an assistant coach at Port Adelaide there for a little while uh, before taking up the role at North Adelaide and, and has really gone from strength to strength. No, he's pretty well respected around the traps. Absolutely. Surgeon. And hopefully, North Adelaide make the finals this year for him. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to Jacob Surgeon this week. Uh, this week in 1995, cricket, Brian Lara compete, completes his seventh test century, scoring 179 at the Oval in London. He's as good to watch as anyone, Brian Lara, when he was going. Very Beautiful, smooth. yes, smooth. Superb timer, wristy. Yeah, great player. One of the greats. Absolutely. I can't disagree with you there. Again, the Mount Rushmore uh, of cricket players. He's definitely well and truly up there for sure. And. Provides some very good commentary as well, yeah. which is very, very good. All right, uh, this week in 2000 Rugby, uh, Australia clinches the Tri-Nation Rugby Series with a 1918 win over South Africa in Durban. Wallabies centre Sterling Mortlock lands four penalties and a conversion. He certainly delivered in the crunch situation that night uh, in terms of just purely scoring-wise looking at that. So, yeah. Been a while since the Wallabies have had yeah. some success, so yeah. uh, they're due again. Who knows what's coming up in the near future? Yes, definitely. All right, mate, we move back to cricket 1995. Cricket uh, yeah. Gloucestershire cricketer Andrew Simon scores 254 uh, against Glen Morgan, um, including his first, including then the first class record of 16 sixes. When he went and in his prime. He was pretty incredible. You know, I, I I was there. I worked that Test match at the G where he scored his initial Test hundred, batting with with Matty Hayden when we were in trouble, and those two got us back and then absolutely carted England after a while. And yeah, he and fielding wise, he was worth it just to watch anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely and one of the all time greats. And, enter- and entertaining. You're right. Uh, rest yeah. in peace for sure. And to finish us off, mate, uh, no surprise, 1996 uh, golf, the 96th US amateur champion won by the great man Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods. Yes, yeah, can't did it in well. the amateurs, did it in did the professionals. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, you know, again, and apologies, I forgot to. Google it. I will do it this week, the 53 Ashes series. So yes. I will do that. I'll follow you yeah. up on that no, one next I week. I did forget, so I will do that this week. All right, mate, let's go into the extra time, big finish. Yep. Extra time, big finish. 
Well, mate, we had such fun with the uh, mailbag last week that uh, we had a few more questions come in this week. So we thought we'd add them to the run sheet. And Ben from Victor Harbour, uh, who do you think will be the grand finalist now that the eight has basically been set? Obviously, in the AFL, that is. I still get. I, I still think it's really open. But look, I'll I'll go the safe option, Collingwood, Brisbane. But I really give Port and I give Carlton a huge chance. So yeah, toss the coin, which I reckon's great. Mm-hmm. Um, just to we should have a couple other things that happened last weekend and yep. uh, and all that. I think well, there's been enough about that. Um, look, I'll go the safe option, Collingwood, Brisbane. Okay. But it, I'm going to go Melbourne, Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, I yep. think that that's probably the two for me. I mean, it kills me to say that as a Carlton, Carlton man, yeah. but I just think that uh, there's a couple of teams that are just probably going to get them at the right time. So I anyway, st- we'll As I said, go. I still give Port a big chance too. Absolutely. Thank you to Ben uh, from Victor Harbour. Uh, Adam from Glenelg. Uh, with Glenelg losing on the weekend, does this hurt their chances for the Premiership? Very easy question, that one. No. <laughs> no, I agree. No. Thanks, Adam. Uh, it was a bit of an obvious one, but we yeah, thought I, we'd add it to the run sheet. I just think this time of the year it's a wake-up call. I, got, I, I, I reckon the coach would have walked away inside smiling. You beauty, I've got a bit more to work mm-hmm. with. And a bit, you know, just on a roll, they've got the minor premiership sewn up. Get a bit ahead of themselves. We've all seen clubs and players mm-hmm. do it. It's, it's a natural thought process. Mm-hmm. No, no drama at all. Sort of follows a little bit of what we talked about with Timmy G in that sometimes that loss just before the finals freshen them up a little bit and will get them going again. And they have been the form team of the SNFL at the moment. I think really there's only one team that stands out that if they get players back could cause a little bit of an upset, and that's probably the Crows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you to Adam from Glenelg. Uh, no- that won't happen, though, because there's, only, there's a restriction yeah. how many can play and all yep. that. So, yeah. I, They'll I'll, get a few back, but they won't get as yeah, many as I, many. I've still got money on Glenelg. Absolutely. All right. Thank you to Adam from Glenelg on that one. Uh, Emma from Stansbury. Uh, beautiful spot, Stansbury. Yes. Uh, what are the AFL thinking playing the AFLW showdown in week one? It's points for and against that in terms of trying to get a bit of impetus to it. Look, I just still, I still, I've gone on about this. I think they're changing their seasons has proven to be a disastrous call. Yep. And footy finishes, that should be it. it. You don't, leave the main movie and then shove the B grade on afterwards. I just you know, I, I, I just think it's insane what they've mm-hmm. done. I've got no problem with that trying to get a bit of impetus, but I just think we've done what they've done with the seasons. Yep. Absolutely. Uh yeah, the AFLW's still going through that teething period. Yeah. They've obviously split the teams up into uh sections and so they're trying different things, but um I've got something that I want to add to the run sheet next week. Almost uh, not the rule book rant, but this might be my rant. That's for yeah, sure. go for it. Oh, I, it. It'll be interesting too with that one. I, I lunch with Neil Baum on Friday, and then I'm driving him from Tanunda to him and Anson from Tanunda back into town. So that will be questioned with Barmy's involvement with Richmond. We're interested to get his side of thoughts. On Absolutely, that as well. I look forward to hearing about it. Uh, Colin from Helensvale up in Queensland. So we're Thanks, going Colin. we're going far and wide here, which is great. Uh, obviously talking soccer, the World Cup. Should Australia bid for the Men's World Cup after the success of the Women's World Cup? You can argue each way on that. I I think the women, in terms of... I reckon Australia, in that way, was a welcome breath of fresh air, that it wasn't the rich prima donnas, there wasn't any historics, and I, I reckon we got behind them in that way. So yeah, maybe, but I, 
I think you've got to have more, way more stadiums for the men's yes. side of things as well. So, so you've got to have a stadium that can hold a minimum of 40,000, yeah. which we do have the stadiums that can do that. But FIFA are very hot on the rectangular stadium yeah. rather than the, the oval-shaped stadiums that we do have. So, yeah, it is an interesting question, and, and I'm glad Colin emailed through. Uh, I think it's a great question, but I, I'd say personally no – if you've got to have that much infrastructure built and what that costs, yes, no, I think it worked perfectly here. Yeah, you know, the games at Highmarsh with with sellouts virtually for whoever was playing, I think it just worked brilliantly. Yep. So, no, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, fair call. All right, uh, that's it for the mailbag this week. But keep them coming, yeah, guys, because um, I'm thoroughly enjoying getting yep. some of these questions, so we can add them and and give us uh, some questions to I'm work not through. Not getting the beeps go off from a couple of those overseas people, etc. Oh. Pete, ah, leave it. At we that. will for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, like we do each week, we have a little bit of fun with trade, resign, and retire. We've got Tom Hawkins, Levi Casbolt, or Jesse Hogan. Oh, it's a hard one yeah. this week. I'll go. Retire Le- Levi Casbolt, trade Tom Hawkins and re-sign Jesse Hogan. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse Hogan. Hogan's in real good touch at he the moment. At the moment. So, he seemed yeah. to have found himself at GWS there. It was the perfect week to ask that. Well, it Probably was. The week before. How could you say not re-sign Jesse Hogan after last week? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably along the lines of trade Jesse Hogan Resign Tom Hawkins and retire yeah. Levi yeah. Casbolt. So yeah, we're right. sort of on the same yeah. track there. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Jesse Hogan had a blinder, but it was against Essendon who had a shocker. So anyway, mate, we finish off uh, before we get you out of here on this one. The good, the bad, the ugly from this week. I think unfortunately it's pretty obvious. Adelaide Oval this week, what happened. Uh, just the poor person could never goal umpire again, really, I don't think. And I, so I feel sorry for him, but it was a massive cock up. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing. We talk footy is a completely different subject this week. Mm. Um, yeah, it's got everything about that this week, the good, the bad and the ugly in yes. terms of the ugly was the supporters' reactions, Stephen Rowe's incredible theatrics and just staggering garbage and, uh, yeah. We won't be having him on the show anytime oh, soon. No, I just can't get over it. Rowe's nah, just, yeah, cool. out of that. Uh, he's a passionate man. I, I, I yeah. get his passion, but sometimes you've just got to – take a step back and think about it logically, and I think they've done it that way. Yeah, for me, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, the obvious ones, the bad and the ugly are rolled into one, which was the decision or the non-decision. Yep. Um, I think the good this week was probably the the success of the World Cup. Yes, um, yep, definitely. has to be there for me. Um, it's definitely, like you said, the ratings are through the roof. Oh, unbelievable. The participation now is up to the state leagues and, and obviously Soccer Australia to – jump on that and, and make as much out of that as they possibly can, and other sports that are trying to encourage female participation. You just wonder what it w- the ratings would have been if we'd made the final. jeez, mm. oh, who knows? Well, public holiday. <laughs> it was oh, one yeah, thing that everyone exactly. wanted. Do you think Australia is desperate for a public holiday in this middle sort of period between June and about October? Oh, I think we jump on board anything for a public <laughs> holiday, don't we? All right, mate. We're going to leave that. We're going to leave it on that one. Uh, once again, we uh, we promise to do better next week. It's been a huge episode. We thank Chris Prime for his time, um, and like you said, uh, we uh, you know we jump on anything at the moment for a little bit of a break, but uh, we promise to do better next week. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. 
In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.